welcome to That Universal Podcast, a universal podcast for grown-ups from the After Dark and Connect world. There may be a few naughty words, so it may not be suitable for kids. Enjoy the show! Hello and welcome to episode number two of That Universal Podcast. I'm Nick. And on this episode, I'm joined by Ryan. Hello. Mr. D. Hi there. And P-Dubs. Hello. Hello to you all. Um, We do not have Craig this episode because he is working. However, his presence is going to be felt because he did leave me with strict instructions uh, to do with the ride uh, or the attraction game that we're playing at the moment, the... uh, March Madness in July, or whatever you want to call it, of the attractions. Um, so, but before we get on to that, we should start the podcast off as we do each and every episode, and that is with what everybody is drinking. So, Mr. D, I'm going to come to you first. Yeah, um, it was a toss up, but I've decided since it's quite a nice evening here, and nice thus quenching old moot cider. Very good. Just, just in a, a can, not a bottle. Just a regular kiwi. Uh, Kiwi and lime. Kiwi and Kiwi lime. Kiwi and lime flavour. Yeah. There Bought a good. case of that. So I've still got a couple left. Yeah, very good. Yeah. It's, uh, nice. it's been very hot today. It has been very hot here today. For, for England, anyway. Yeah. You know. But uh, which isn't, isn't as hot as, as most American states, but hey uh, Ryan, what are you drinking? Um, because it's basically become what water should be now. I've, I'm on a... Uh, a Starbucks skinny latte, no added sugar, lactose free. Very good. Caffeine is the way. Caffeine. I mean, at this time of night, caffeine is not the way for me. I <laughs> I went to bed last night. I was playing. Um, I was playing Rise of the Tomb Raider. No Universal connection, um, but because it was the the free game on PS Plus, this good this game. Morning. And uh, I never, I never got around to to buying the new Tomb Raider game, so I thought I'd give it a go. And I've, I've got into it the last few nights, but um, I thought well, I'll just play it for a little bit. That became two o'clock. By the time I actually finished doing everything around the house, it was about three o'clock, and I was still up at five o'clock this morning. And I blame it all on the second energy drink of the day that I had about four o'clock that afternoon. Um, well, always on Sundays thing. as well. Sunday nights are like deceiving. You think, oh, it's the weekend still, and then you find yourself going to bed at like 2 a.m., and then Monday morning hits you, and you're like, ah, oh, shit. Uh, I wouldn't mind, but I I was getting up at 8 o'clock for an 8.30 pickup for a hospital appointment. So, like, there wasn't even a case of I can sleep in until uh, 1 minute to 9 before I'm due to start work and roll out of bed and start work. Um, yeah. I had to actually get up early so I could get ready for that so that was uh that was fun anyway enough about my my routine um p-dubs what are you drinking uh as some of you will have seen i am completely detoxing and not drinking anything but water so i've got a bottle of water is that still a sparkling it's still I, i'm not talking about the bottle um i mean i mean the contents of the bottle yes, no the, the, the contents of the bottle is, is still yeah fair enough Fair enough. I think I'm the only one that likes sparkling water on this podcast. No, I like sparkling water. Oh, good stuff. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's good. 
That's good. I'm not alone. Um, I'm not drinking sparkling water though this evening. I've not. I mean, I have got some cans left of Mike's hard seltzer, but I'm not. I haven't gone for that tonight. I have gone for a bottle of Bud Light, which made a very small because it's a bloody screw top, isn't it? So, chin chin, everyone. Chin chin. I think anything with gas in it is better, with the exception of Craig Lucas. Of uh, yes, far too much gas in that man. After Dark Podcast is sponsored by HHNUnofficial.com, the home of Halloween Horror Nights news and rumors all year round. Find us on the web at www.HHNUnofficial.com. So stop the fog machines and clear the cobwebs. It's time for another episode of the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of that, we are going to start off, as I said at the beginning, with the segment about the uh, the attractions and the verses and... Before Craig went to work tonight, he did send me the uh, the details for the second round, which I think actually he he did some weeks ago, if I remember rightly. Yeah, I think yeah. he did all of the rounds at once. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he did. But he's put them in a nice little picture for me. So, uh, match five is uh, the Revenge of the Mummy, uh, and that is taking. Um, against the high in the sky Zeus trolley train ride, which I had to, I had to look up, uh, if I'm honest, because I couldn't remember that whole title. Uh, but that is, the, that is the, the the full title is the high in the sky Zeus trolley train ride. So there you go. Um, now, obviously, we normally go around and, and ask what uh, you know for, for, for people's uh, opinions on on which one would win. Um, which we will do, but as Craig has kind of sent me all this in advance, I thought I'd start off with what Craig says. So for this one, Craig said, for me, it's mummy, best coast in the parts for me as it's fast and thrilling, but I can ride with all my family and not have a headache when leaving. Um, so that's that's Craig voting for the mummy there. Um, Mr. D, of those two, is there a competition here? I don't think there is really. I think this is the random generator has set up a pretty easy one here. I think it's got to be the mummy, and I mean, for the I mean, Craig gave some pretty good reasons there, but the one I'll add is just just the theming of it. It's just a really well themed attraction. The queue line. There's nothing more fun than being in that queue line when it's relatively quiet and you can cut ahead. And then wait for the rest of your party to catch up and jump out of them and scare the Jesus out of them. I mean, that's just that's just priceless. And then and sometimes uh, you get cast members do that as well. Oh, okay, that's never happened to me, but um, I could see the fun in that. Uh, it's just a it's just a really well themed crime. Whether you like the movie or whether you don't, I quite like it. Um, you know, it, it needs a little bit of work. It needs a it's a couple of things that maybe need a little bit of updating, but. There's some really good effects in it. I like the I like the beetle effect, uh, the sort of scarab beetles coming out the wall and running around the place, and the fire effect above. Um, 
yeah, I just I just think it's a it's a great ride. Really well done, really well themed. I know the Hollywood one's different, but I and I have ridden it, but only once and a long time ago. So I don't I don't remember the differences or or how that compares to to Florida. I don't know if oh, it's know. it's massively different from the video yeah. that I've seen because it's in the old ET. Uh, building and P Dubs, did you did you go on the mummy? I've been on it many a time. Mm -hmm. So it's, you're better. You can you you can explain it better than I yeah. can. Then. So there's no fire. Right. That's one of the differences. It goes backwards. Um, and it's a lot quicker. I I thought it was quicker because it's in such a smaller building. Mm. They get the thrills not with turns and and things like that it actually does seem to go quicker just because they haven't got the room to to give it any other thrills. Yeah. But yeah, it's in a a really strange building mm -hmm. for, for a roller coaster. Yeah, and I have seen some good videos on YouTube of it. Um yeah. where you can see it quite clearly. And like you say, I mean the obviously the Florida one has a bit where it goes backwards as well. Yeah. Um but the the Hollywood version, from my memory, is uh, has got a much longer backward section. Yeah, um, as you say, because of the, um, the the shape of the building or the size of the building, and uh, yeah, it doesn't seem to uh, have those big massive drops or swoops. Yeah, that you get in Florida for the same reason. I just don't have the space for it. Um, I'd have been interested to see how different the the Hollywood version of E.T. was to the Florida version. Yeah, it had already gone by the time I went. Mm. Oh, yeah, obviously. That's why he was on the mummy. Um, yeah. Well, but... I've been... I've been, oh, I've lost count how many times I've been to the Hollywood one. Mm. It's probably edging towards uh, 10 times. Wow. But, yeah, it had already gone. It, it, I think it had closed, like, the year before. It wasn't long. Uh, I think it... Mm. I don't know actually when the Hollywood one opened. The, the, the Florida one opened, I think, in two thousand and four, maybe. I know yeah, Confrontation <laughs> closed in two thousand two. Yeah, uh, but I'm not sure if it's two thousand three, two thousand four. My first trip to Hollywood was two thousand and six. So yeah, it wouldn't have been long. When yeah. was ET? Because I was there, but it was ninety two. So I don't know if I went on it or not. Can't remember now. Uh, E.T. was there for a long time. Yeah. Um, I mean, I will, I will say about Mummy that it has one of the worst animatronics in theme park history in that, uh, I don't know if it's the producer or the, the, the director that gets the soul sucked out of him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In, the, in the first section of the ride. Uh, both the Mummy animatronic there the mummy animatronic is is not bad but you can see how it works far too too visibly so yeah mm. et in hollywood was 91 to 2003 so i'm probably dead read it then yeah and then the mummy was the following year right the following may okay but that animatronic is is awful and so is the the director it's just it's just an awful awful effect um but, but there you go. Okay, so Mr. D, you'll go, you'll go with the mummy. I'm going um, with the mummy. P-dubs? Yeah, I'm going with the mummy as well. Um, for all the reasons that everybody said, great theme in, great ride. Yeah, the animatronics are a bit dodgy, but when you consider how old it is, it's now 17 years old. 
I don't think it's that bad considering it's not had a a proper refurb other than obviously the, the usual track repair and, and everything like that. I love the building it's in. I know it hails confrontation to start with, but I, I still love love the outside of the building. And also, Ryan got his damn cup of coffee. <laughs> he did. He did indeed. And he's enjoying it as we speak. Um, actually, you mentioned confrontation. I mean, that's obviously one reason for me to really want to hate on this ride. Um, but apparently, and I've never, I've never checked it in all the times I've gone, but if you look up to the ceiling, you can still see the, the tracks they use for confrontation because they couldn't actually remove them. Yeah, they are still there. Yeah. And, oh, and of course, uh, I think I pointed out to you, yeah, it Craig, the King Kong. Yeah. You? Yeah. yeah. So I, lo- I love like little touches like that, little Easter eggs like that. Um, in the in the first uh, room that you you go through with all the uh, the artifacts, there is a a Kong statue. If you are looking at the right place, um, Ryan, what about you? Of these two, what, which one would you go for? I, I mean, it's, it's got to be the mummy, and I think I've I've been in there when cast members have been scaring guests because one got my dad when I was when I was younger, which was absolutely fantastic. He was uh, ridiculously tall, and I remember my dad jumping. And then getting that classic uh, boost of British confidence where he was like, oh my God, you're really tall. You could, you could play basketball. And the guy was just like, hey, don't let me leave, sir. <laughs> did, he have, uh, did he have a staff? Um, I don't remember. The only reason I remember that is because he, uh, and I think the guy was on stilt, so it was a tall person, but regardless. Um, I just remember like this thud of... Uh, of like a stick um, as he, as he kind of came out to really emphasize the, the, the scare factor of it. And that was the first time I'd ever gone on it. So I had no idea, um, but I don't think I've ever experienced it since. So it does seem yeah. to be a very, a very occasional thing. Yeah. It's only ever happened that, that one time, but it was incredible because my dad jumped and uh, he was like, Oh my God, where are you come from? And he's like, I've been here all the time, sir. Um, but that being said, I I went on the the Zeus trolley what's it missing magic um, last year. I had been on it before, and it does give you a really cool view of Islands of Adventure, and in particular, the Jurassic Park that's not officially announced coaster yet. Um, that was cool. So I do I do like that attraction, and I think I'll grow to like it even more when we um, eventually take Piper there, just because Zeus Zeus Landing is going to be the likely the only place in the entire Islands of Adventure Park where she can actually go. Mm. Um, so I do like that ride. It's a, it's a good bit of fun. But the mummy takes it. Hmm. Has anyone else done the, the Zeus ride? Yeah, a no. long time ago. Yeah, I waited to queue a long time for it, I think. Hmm. When the kids were young. It was okay. It was pleasant. Like, like Ryan said, there's, there's a nice view and... It was okay for little kids, but it's a little kids' ride, but they're not a family ride. You say that, we went and Sam wasn't tall enough to go <laughs> on it. <laughs> yeah, so, when he was 18 months, they said, no, he's, you can't take mom. Saying that, though, I mean, Cat in the Hat is is uh, a lot more extreme than you expect it to be. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they've kind of slowed down a little bit over the years, but um, you're not yeah. expecting that from that attraction that it's going to that's, throw you around like that that's got a surprising height restriction on it as well 
Well, for that reason, yeah. Which is bonkers, because you think they're the only two rides in the entire park where little kids should be able to ride. Yes. I mean, Cat in the Hat is actually the only, and that's why I asked the question, it's the only ride in Zeus Landing I've ever gone on. Um, I've never seen the appeal going on one fish, two fish. Um, for, I've been on that. Uh, you know, each their own. But, um, yeah, I, I, again, I think it's different if you're going with uh, small kids or something, but when you're going with Craig, the idea of uh, getting into one of those fishes with him is... Uh, it was uh, difficult enough on uh, the hippograph. <laughs> it certainly was. I was actually surprised how small that ride was when I got on it. Yeah, the four um, of us on it, that was just ridiculous. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure this is a clean sweep. Uh, you know, one... As I said, I've not been on the other attraction for my sins. Uh, but secondly, it's just a phenomenal ride. I mean, as I said, Confrontation was the ride, was the ride I always wanted to go on when I was a kid. I was heartbroken when I found out it was closing. I wasn't going to be able to get there in time uh, to see it off. Um, so I knew that something spectacular would have to go in its place. And nothing prepared me for how good the mummy is and still is like it, it holds up extremely well for uh, a ride that's as old as it is the the effects in general are good so there's a couple of ropey things but in general it's it's good going back to the, the queue and everything like that i think what's really clever as well is that you are you're going through a movie set but it is replicating an egyptian pyramid so you know it, it's very well done because it you know if you if you didn't know it was a set you think it's a really good pyramid building and um you know I, I just think it's done really really well very very clever um i like the full send in um i i just yeah i love it i love it it's it's the ride that i always like to to go out on when i'm leaving the parks because it's the one that i've probably gone on the most and have enjoyed the most I, I remember the first time, I still remember vividly the first time I, I rode it. I was still very nervous about going on coasters. And the only reason I went on this is because I knew it didn't go upside down. And this is before I ended up going on coasters that I loved going on now, which are all go upside down. But I remember getting to that point where you stop and that, at the false ending and I was absolutely terrified. And then that happens and the fire comes and I'm just like, oh my God, this is this is horrendous but it's great it is such a good ride and i agree it's it's really it's held up pretty well yeah and obviously the full sending doesn't work as well on subsequent rides because you 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 know what's going to happen but it's still very very well done and uh yeah just 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 a cracking ride and um long long shall it continue in that building um the mummy franchise is long dead but that ride can can have a, a life as long as a, a mummy would do, in my opinion. Superb. So that's a clean sweep. So that's definitely through to the next round. Um, the next one is Poseidon's Fury versus Rip Ride Rocket. So Craig said for this, Poseidon's Fury for me. Rip is a nearly epic coaster that starts with a bang but ends with a whimper. Fury is a glorious hidden gem that people just walk past. So he's gone for Poseidon's Fury. I know who I'm going to go to first on this because I know their answer. 
Uh, Ryan? I can't believe you said that. Poseidon's Fury is terrible. The whole land is terrible. Get rid of it. Bulldoze the whole area. Um, I'm going with Rip Ride Rocket. For obvious reasons. I, I, I don't think Rip Ride Rocket's the best coaster in the park. I don't think it's anywhere close to being the best coaster in the park. But I mean, I'd choose E.T. over Poseidon's Fury. So <laughs> that, that's all I need to say on it, really. I just think it's, it's, it's just not very good. I think the only good part of it is the, um, the water tunnel. That's still, that's still pretty cool in Poseidon's Fury. Um, other than that, for me, that whole land is just a walkthrough. So, yeah, my rocket's still great fun. I still enjoy selecting my track, and it does that that kind of ninety degree lift at the start still terrifies me as someone that's scared of heights. And I think as, for a thrill seeker, being absolutely terrified every time you ride something is a, is a good sign for me. I mean, if you ask Chris Chris Ripley about why he would be scared to go on it, it would be for different reasons to you. It would have nothing to do with the heights and more the construction of it. But oh, um, yeah, don't get me wrong. I think I've shared, shared it before. I, the first time I rode it, there was a Universal engineer sat next to me, repairing the attraction, uh, the screen, not <laughs> admittedly, but <laughs> he, he was literally there going, "Oh, don't don't mind me. I'm just a." I think I think it was the speaker or something, and I'm like, "Jeez." Like, I brought out so much courage to get on this thing, and then all of a sudden, this this Universal guy sat next to me repairing it. I mean, I'd never gone on it before until last year, and I'd wanted to. I wanted to go on it when uh, me and Craig had gone out a few years before, and he sort of chickened out on me, which was quite funny, because I really didn't really want to go on it, but I felt like I needed to at least say I've been on it. Um, and I mean, I, I hated it. I absolutely hated it. That that lift hill at the beginning is just horrendous. I did not feel safe. I did not feel the harness was keeping me in enough. I, I, I just couldn't wait for it to end. But the problem is, uh, it, it starts off really well. And as he, he said, that it kind of ends with a whimper. It does. It has this long, boring section where nothing is happening at all. It, it, yeah, it needed absolutely it needed top loaded that coaster. Version really, that it, it's just it's just top loaded. Like yeah. all the all the thrilling stuff is in the first thirty seconds. That's because it's been built incorrectly. Well, yes, <laughs> very very possibly. Um, so, P Dubs, what would you go for out of these two? Uh, I'm going to start by saying I've never actually done Poseidon. Um, oh. So it's really one sided for me. Despite the fact that I'm not a massive fan of Rip Ride Rocket either. Um, the first time I visited the park, it was half a coaster at that point. So I saw it being built. Um, and even then, I looked at it and went, mm, I don't really want to get on that. Um, but when we went this year, it was kind of like, well, this is my chance to get on these coasters. I've got a seven-year-old next time I'm going to be going. So I won't be going on coasters like that until he's a bit bigger. So I took the chance, as you say, that opening lift hill is just ridiculous. Um, and after that, it just felt like any normal roller coaster to me. Um, but it's the one I have to put through. I don't have a choice. No, no, it's, it's fair enough. It's fair enough. Uh, Mr. D, what about you? It's a bit tougher than, than uh, I uh, had originally thought it would be, really. Mm. It's been a long time since I've been on Poseidon's Adventure. Um, so it's a bit hazy, but um, 
I don't think, I mean, it's obviously dated. One thing I like about it, though, is, is you look at the facade as you walk past. It's a, it is an amazing facade. It looks, it does look great from the outside. Mm. Um, but then I remember the ride. I remember bits of it being quite good and bits of it being a bit of a disappointment. It is definitely dated. Rip Ride Rocket, I feel exactly the same as you guys. I mean, the, it starts off absolutely fantastic. Um, you get a, an amazing view, not just of the park, but of the whole surrounding area. And um, I've done it a couple of times at night, and it's great at night as well. It's a different different experience at night. I did it um, Halloween Horror Nights. Uh, the time that we were there, but then we came back after you guys had left. We did, yep. it, we did it that night. Um, yeah, I think it's probably going to have to be Rip Ride Rocket. Um, it is a good coaster. Uh, I mean, against Rip Ride Rocket, it does kind of smash up the theme in on that on that end of the park. It does kind of spoil the theme in a bit, but uh, it's it's a better experience. I, well, the fact that I've only haven't gone on Poseidon's Adventure for years, but every time we go, I will go on Rip Ride Rocket. I think that. I think that kind of speaks for itself, really. So, yep, another one for Rip Raid Rocket, I think. Well, I'm disappointed, gents. Uh, I might just end the podcast here, quite frankly. Uh, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm disgusting, all of you. Um, Poseidon's Fury, I think, is is a bit of a, a an unloved gem. Um, you know, for for the same reasons that people love rides like or attractions like Carousel of Progress. You know, this is this is uh, an excuse to stand in an air-conditioned building for 20 minutes. So that's already a tick uh, in, in my eyes. Um, I have not done it the last few times that we've been because we've always gone at the wrong time, unfortunately, um, to, to see a show. Um, but I, I've, I've enjoyed it the times that I have done it. And, you know, the, the water tunnel effect at the end is just stunning so so cleverly done um so you know it's it's a, a bit of a hokey show but it's a good excuse to get out the sun cool down for a little bit and um yeah i just think it's got a bit of charm rip ride rocket will i go on it again yeah probably would do the choosing your own tracks is is obviously a, a novel thing and uh you know if, if you've got a particular song or band that you like that's featured then that obviously increases it which it did for me um but i just think it's a bit overrated and it goes on for too long um and and does nothing for that extended time you know after you get over the first bit through the building it's it's boring so um i would actually go for poseidon's fury but it's it's done on numbers so that means that um Poseidon's Fury's journey ends here and Rip Ride Rocket goes through to the next round. So let's demolish the Lost Continent while we're here as well. Get off. Um, That's the closest one we've had so far, isn't it? I think um, it is. I think so, yeah. Possibly. Possibly. Yeah, I think we had a couple of four ones last time, but I think uh, yeah, I think you could be right. Um the next one. <laughs> yeah, this is gonna be a close one. Mm-hmm. It's uh one fish, two fish versus Escape from Gringotts. Uh, Mr. D, any competition here? No, I don't think so, eh? 
Uh, the funny thing is, I mean, it's you know, it's obviously got to be one fish, two fish. Um, yeah, it's not. It's not even. It's not even close. You know. No. No. Um, yeah. Funny thing is about Escape from Gringotts. The first time we rode it, I was a bit disappointed. In fact, I was really disappointed. I thought it was too short. I, I, I just, I don't know. I, I heard all this fantastic stuff about it, and then uh, I, don't, I don't think it was even the same holiday. I think we only rode it once, and we came back a year or two later, and we rode it again. And I, and I don't know what. I don't know why I didn't like it the first time. So I, I, I love that ride now. I think Escape from Gringotts is, is an amazing ride. Um, you know, obviously the theme is fantastic. We spent a huge amount of money on it. It's, I would like more of the roller coaster elements. So I still would like it to be longer, but I don't think it's too short now as I did before. Um, and that whole land is just amazingly well themed. So yeah. I'm afraid uh, it's uh, quite a no-brainer for me. Escape from Gringotts. Thank you very much. So uh, Craig said for this round, uh, Gringotts, but only just. I love this ride so much. I know all the words and do a Voldemort fire burp every time. Uh, He'll have to explain that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, One fish, so much family fun. It takes Dumbo and drops an E. Okay. <laughs> Should have really read these before I read them out. Um so yeah, another one another one for for, for Gringotts. Uh P dubs. Yeah, another one for Gringotts. On the same thing as Mr. Day. The first time I rode it, I was disappointed. It had been built up to this massive thing where they'd had queues of five, six, seven hours when it opened. And I got on it and it was the first ride I did at Universal that trip. And I got on it and I was like, is this it? This is meant to be some hybrid roller coaster thing that no one's done before. And I was like, you've just mashed two rides together, a motion simulator and a bit of a roller coaster. Um, And then went and got on um, Forbidden Journey and was blown away by that. And I think that was my opinion until our trip last year. And we we went on and, and did Gringotts a couple of times while we were there. And really enjoyed it this time. Um, knowing a bit more about the story and things like that, where it was meant to be set. Obviously, you get that from from what they show, but just knowing where it fits into the storyline and and everything, I think I think it dragged me in a little bit more this time. So yeah, I'm going with Gringotts. Fair enough. Um, yeah, Gringotts. Um... Yeah, I think I was a little bit underwhelmed, if I'm honest, the first time I did it. Um, I didn't necessarily know what to expect, but um, I don't think it was what I was expecting to be. Um, I think the... I mean, look, both, both pot attractions have got amazing cues, right? Yeah. You know, I think the, the way they've uh, the done Gringotts is, is really well done. Yes, the animatronics are all very samey. Um, I think that was one of the other problems. I got stuck in the dungeons. Yeah. The first time I rode Gringotts and it was like, oh, for God's sake. And I was in there for like 45 minutes. But the, you know, I think the lift is quite cool. Like it's some good effects. You've got some good Easter eggs in there if, you, if you're if you paying attention or looking in the right direction at certain times. Um, I think it's I think it's well done. And, and the more I've gone on it, the more I've enjoyed it. And I don't know, I, I can't fathom why this is the case. But, um, you know, as, as I've got older, 
Forbidden Journey for me always leaves me feeling a bit green. And it's clearly of the two, the more unique ride. You know, there, there is nothing else like uh, Forbidden Journey. But because of how it makes me feel, Gringotts is a much easier experience for me to actually enjoy. Mm. Um, and generally, you know, maybe because of the time of year we go, but the queues aren't too bad for it as well. So um, that's that's another kind of tick in the box uh, for me. So um, yeah, of of uh, of those two, because I've never done one fish, two fish, it has to be Gringotts. Uh, and even if I had gone on uh, one fish, two fish, I'm sure I'd still say still the same, still say the same, uh, which was very easy for me to say. Um, but Ryan, take us home. All right, so I've got good memories of one fish, two fish of going on with my family. I think probably similar to how. Craig feels about going on with his kids is, is how mm. I remember going on it with my parents and my sister. Um, that being said, um, Gringotts has got a, has got a win by, by quite a distance on this. I will never forget walking into um, Diagon Alley for the first time. And just as I walked in, seeing the dragon on top of Gringotts uh, breathe fire, just, just at that perfect time. And from then on, as a Harry Potter fan, I was blown away. And I, I'd seen um, Forbidden Journey a few years previously, but this is the first time I'd been to Gringotts. And, and I think the queue is fantastic. Yeah, I agree. The animatronics are a little samey, but I think it looks exactly what I imagined the Gringotts to look like. And especially if you've seen the films, it's very close. Uh, the attraction, I agree. I don't think it's necessarily as good as Forbidden Journey, although my mind does change on that on a probably a daily basis. I think they could have done a little bit, little bit better on the coaster parts. Um, but overall, it's a fantastic attraction and one that I definitely ride multiple times a trip. Good stuff. Clean, sweet, well-deserved, in my opinion, um, against that, certainly. Um, and the last one for this round is a really strange one, if you ask me, but it's the Hogwarts Express versus the Pterodactyl Flyers. Now... Before I give you my answer on this, hands up who's actually done pterodactyl flyers. My hand's not up. Mm. No, neither's mine. I thought that might be the case. <laughs> um, I, I have done pterodactyl flyers. The, the first year we went, um, we were allowed to go on as two adults. Now, nearly all of the time, you have to go on with a kid. Don't you? So... It is an attraction that um, a lot of people may not have been able to uh, have done. Um, my my experience with pterodactyl flyers, it's it's good. Um, a bit similar to what Ryan was saying about the uh, the trolley, you get some really good views of, of the park because you're so high up uh, and everything. Um, it's a little scary because you're basically just sat sat in a like almost like a ski lift i suppose but you're going at quite a pace um it was it was fine but i can't say that i was gutted that i wasn't able to go on it the next time i went you know it just kind of served the purpose hogwarts express taking away the uh the comical um uh, hermione uh impression that you get on the ride i think it's just a lovely little journey 
And I love the fact that, you know, you get a different experience going to, uh, you know, Hogsmeade and, and then coming back from Hogsmeade to, to London. I think it's nice that they've, they've put so much effort in and, and the experience is so different in what you, you see and the characters that you hear and, and everything like that. I just think it's, it's quite well done. Um, bit of a cash grab because obviously it was kind of designed to sell a two two part ticket, um, so you could experience the whole Harry Potter experience. But I love the train station; I think they've done that really well. You've got the really cool visual effects of you walking uh, onto a platform uh, eight and three quarters. Just just nice. I, I just I just enjoy it a lot. So uh, for me, it's it's Hogwarts Express. Um, of, of the two, uh, Craig said that he's never ridden flyers, but his girls have, and that they still talk about it as terrifying but thrilling. With that, will I fear? To, will I fall to my death? Fear mixed in. Um, the other one is just a transportation system with a TV on the wall outside the window, screen burn and blur all over it. Last I wrote, I, I, I wrote it. So flyers for me. So that's interesting. Craig's gone for the flyers. Um, Ryan, what are you going to go with? I mean, I've never done the flyers. I've always wanted to, but obviously never been able to. Um, I, again, I think the Hogwarts Express, in terms of design, looks better uh, Universal Studios side, where you've got the, uh, where you've got King's Cross Station. I think that queue is much better. There's some questionable, questionable nods to UK culture that aren't quite right. Um, but that aside, I think that side of the queue is much better than the other side, which has obviously had to have been just bodged in um, in the space that they had. But that being said, I, I do, again, the first time I saw the Hogwarts Express come in, I think it was backwards, which looked a bit odd. But other than that, I think um, it was incredible to see. And I, as a Harry Potter fan, again, sitting on that attraction for the first time, it's it's one of the only times for me that Universal really stood out as as being able to do such an incredible themed land and attraction. Um, so yeah, Hogwarts Express is like a dream come true for a Harry Potter fan to to sit on that and and see the events of as some of the story play out in front of you. Yeah, and, and going back to what you were saying earlier, I remember when I first walked into Diagon Alley, and um, I, I've I'd seen it. We'd we'd gone there the the first night when it was, uh, I think it was closed, or maybe we were just trying to get some houses done um, for Halloween Horror Nights. But I remember walking through the London area and thinking, oh yeah, this is this is quite nice. And then I'll never forget walking through that wall, around that wall, and it just expanding in front of your eyes. Like, I was just completely gobsmacked. I think Craig might still have video of it. He was filming me. Um, I was just completely gobsmacked by it. And I'd already seen photos and i think i'd seen the advert for it you know advertising the new wisdom world at universal so i shouldn't have been so surprised to actually see it but i think i just forgotten what was going to be around the corner it really took me by surprise and you know i think it's just spectacularly well done i mean yeah the area in a way sucks because it's just shops um you know selling lots of expensive harry potter merchandise but the theming of it is just spectacular um and i do think with the with the train station 
I agree that there is some questionable bits that have been put in there uh, to represent a British railway station, uh, especially the one it's based on. Um, but generally, they've done a pretty good job with it. So um, I think it all kind of uh, ties in. But uh, P Dubs, what, what was you? What would you choose out of these two? Despite being a massive Jurassic Park fan, I can't honestly say the Flyers because I haven't been on it as as much as it it may be great and i'm hoping that i will be able to go on it next year um i have to go with king's cross and the hogwarts express just because as you say the theming is fairly good with the the train station i don't mind the uh the hogsmeade end um it was a bit of a bodge job to fit it in because obviously i don't think they planned for it in the first place um but the ride itself what what can you say? It's a it's a really interesting idea that I think they've they've kind of taken the idea from from Disney with the monorail and things like that to to transport you between certain places. But just the theming um, completely sells it. Um, I I've only been on it twice, but I've enjoyed both times. You have to ignore chain smoking Hermione, but other than that. I think it's really well themed. I like the the little clips that they play when you've got people flying alongside you and, and just the areas that you go through as well on the on the screens. I love seeing the Malfoy Manor. I think that's really clever. Um so yeah, I'm going with Hogwarts Express. Good, good. And finally to wrap up Mr. Z. He's on mute. I'm on mute, sorry. You never heard what I said there. It's really good, never to be, never to be repeated. But um, yeah, never been on the flyers, which is a shame because I like the idea of it. So I'd love to... I'm kind of amazed that they built a ride that wasn't rated for a wider range of people, adults and kids and things like that. Because I think we tried to take one of our kids on it and she was actually too big. Um, but she wasn't that old. She was like, I don't know, 11, 12, something like that. I can't exactly remember, but we couldn't get on it at all. She couldn't get on it and was really disappointed. So that's a bit of a bummer for me because I would, I would, you know, I like the idea of it. I think it's a, a great concept. Um, but I do like the Hogwarts Express. I think that's clever. I think it links up the two lands really well. And you guys have pretty much pointed out, you know, some of the details, but I, I think uh, it's just a, a fun way of getting between the parks and staying in that in that Harry Potter bubble for you know for that little bit of time. So uh, it's going to have to be the Hogwarts Express, I think. Yeah, I think like I went on Pterodactyl Flyers in, in two thousand seven, so we're talking a, a good while ago now. Um, but to me, I, I don't remember any major details on it. Like as far as I can recall, you don't see any dinosaurs or anything like that. You're literally kind of just flying over trees and stuff. So like Jurassic Park River Adventure, when you know you are kind of getting up close and personal with dinosaurs and exciting stuff's happening, this is really just a scenic tour of uh, of that area. So there's really not much you're you're missing out on. Um, Unless, unless I've just forgotten something you know, catastrophic, but I'm pretty sure I haven't. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, a 4-1 win, deservedly so. And, um, 
that that wraps up this this round so uh Craig will have to listen back to this and, and start preparing the brackets for uh, our first two rounds. And, um, you know, I think we've got another two left to go. So uh, mm-hmm. bring it on. But thank you very much, gents. Um, right at this point, I'm going to go over to the news hound. I should have a jingle for him, really. Hello, this is Wendy Prater at Magical Journeys Travel. Interested in a universal vacation? I can help you find the best deal for your family. There are tons of options at Universal, and I can help you choose the best ones and help build an itinerary to help you maximize your time there. I make the plans, and you make the memories. Contact me at Wendy Prater at MagicalJourneysTravel.com. But Ryan, you've been taking a look at the, uh, the news that's been going on. Um, there was some breaking news today, actually. Um, I don't know if you've seen that or not, but uh, what did you want to bring to the table? been sniffing up the news. News uh, hound. <laughs> so the first thing that I spotted, and I probably haven't spotted the breaking news, someone's going to have to point it out to me, um, is that Universal Studios Japan is is reopening nationally as of, uh, again, our day of recording on the uh, 20th of July. Um, previously, they were only, um, only able to be open to certain areas. Um, notably, Tokyo wasn't... Um, was excluded from the initial opening in July 10th. Um, but now they're opening it up to, to kind of wider areas and uh, seeing how it goes. So COVID seems to be relaxed um, over in Japan now and the parks are reopening. And it's a shame really that obviously it's going to be a big year for, for Universal Japan with Super Nintendo World gearing up for opening. That's obviously been delayed. The Olympics have been delayed. So it's good to see the park opening up again. But uh, yeah, no word on when Super Nintendo World is going to be opening yet. It's a shame because, as you say, it's it's pretty much ready to go. Yeah. Um, if it's if it's not already ready to go, I mean, it's so damn near to being so that it hurts. Um, I wonder how they were enforcing that rule then. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how they how how they're going to enforce how they enforce that at all. Um, so it said um, studio pass tickets were only sold to guests living in six areas of uh, i'm not going to try and pronounce all of these but basically six areas of japan so maybe they were locking it down depending on uh, your ip possibly mm. but i mean there's easy ways around that I mean, you probably have to provide an address as well i would guess again there's easy ways around that as well but um yeah at least they're, they're opening it up now and, and fingers crossed that remains to be the case because i think the only place that's not taking theme park opening seriously is Orlando said with trepidation. Mm. Yeah, I mean it's, it's it's good news for Japan. Um, you know, I really want them to open Super Nintendo up so we can actually finally get some some footage from people. I'm not one for vloggers; like, it's never really been something that I've really been interested in. But there are times like when Rise of um, the rebel uh, resistance opened up and and certain things like that that I like to go and check out and the the small videos and photos that I've seen so far from Super Nintendo Land just look great so I can't wait to actually see some footage taken from within when it's when it's open really and and understand what those rides are about because yeah it's exciting times um hmm good yeah that's cool um Next thing on the list, there's a new um, crepe stand that's going to be opening soon 
in Universal Studios Florida. So it's called Central Park Crepes. And they... Where's it going to be located? Hmm? Where's it going to be located? Uh, so Pero Island. Okay, good. Yeah, just checking. Just checking. <laughs> yeah, Central Park. Okay. <laughs> Central Park. And the... Uh, so there's a mix of savoury and sweet. We've got uh, savoury... So they're about seven... Between six ninety nine and seven ninety nine each, which is about what you'd expect for a theme park crepe. Mm-hmm. But so you've got savoury items that include chicken and goat cheese, smoked brisket and uh, vegetarian, which is filled with vegan mozzarella, um, so- guard- guarding sausage, vegan pesto, diced tomatoes and balsamic glaze. So it's good to have um, a vegan option in there, which I think is really good. I'm not sure on the savoury crepes, I'll be honest. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I, I can't say, uh, you know, for me, crepe is, you know, sugar and lemon or Nutella, or something like that. It's normally more of a sweet thing. Um, that said, the fillings do sound quite interesting. Um, I've not tried uh, Garden Garden Sausage. Um, it's an American brand of vegan fake meat. We get bits and pieces over in the UK, but I've never tried any of them, so I don't know about the how good they are. But, um, you know, it certainly sounds interesting. In fact, actually saying that, did they? I wonder if they put that on the pizza fries. Yeah, they may well have done actually. Uh, I'm sure there was some crumbled vegetarian sausage on the on the pizza fries last time. But anyway, um, but yeah, I, I'm more sweet than savoury. But I do know that one of us loves a crepe, don't we, P Dubs? Yeah, they, I just thought they looked interesting. The the chicken and goat's cheese one certainly stood out. I'm a I'm a fan of of cheese. It's not good for me, but um, yeah, that one definitely stood out. Yeah, and they've got they've got some sweet ones as well. So they've got uh, lemon blueberry, uh, strawberry hazelnut, and cookies and cream, which is your classic uh, American Oreos, uh, whipped cream, chocolate ganache, and powdered sugar. That would probably be the one that I go for. Basically, anything that's most likely to kill me as a diabetic it tends to be the option that I go for. I, I have noticed that. <laughs> I have noticed that. Um, strawberries and Nutella is an interesting combination. Yeah, I've never yeah. ever thought of doing that. No. I think I've had that in a, in a crit. Strawberries and Nutella, I'm sure I have. Is it good? Yeah. And, and whipped cream, of course. Because that kind of ties them together. Mm. Mm. But yeah, it's very good. Yeah, and I don't think, you know, I think six, seven ninety nine um isn't a bad kind of price point for, for something like that. I mean it's it's not gonna fill you up, right? You know, it's it's not a main meal, but it's it's a snack that's going to, you know, at least keep the walls from the door, right? Yeah, I'd be interested to see like the, the smoked brisket one, which is uh, smoked brisket, pepper jack cheese, coleslaw and golden barbecue ranch, like that sounds incredibly filling, but yeah, I mean, just savoury, yeah, savoury crepes. It's kind of a whole different ball game for me. I've never even tried, even thought about it. So, I think the thing is, you got to bear in mind is like a a crepe, a crepe by itself, like in its in its own uh, function, is is quite a thin pancake. Yeah. So the fillings could be really dense uh, and and be quite, pardon the pun, filling. Um, you know, if, if they're quite plentiful, but what you're having it in is very small. 
and it's not going to be very filling. So that that's you know, it's not like having um, oh god, what are those a calzone, for example. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Where you know you're, it's basically a folded up pizza, so you've got you know quite a thick bit of dough there to get through. Uh, crepes are very very thin, so but uh, yeah, it'd be be interesting, and it's it's a good new option, and uh, you know it's something it's something different, right? It's not burgers and chips. So yeah, exactly. Anything it, like that's welcome. Definitely got a bit of an Epcot vibe from the, the style of the the new kiosk as well. Um, so yeah, I'm keen, be keen to try that out when, when it does open. It's not open yet. Um, and then the last thing I've got kind of relates to Halloween Horror Nights. So they're still running auditions for one, but for two, they have just added um, the, the theming to the tribute store. So um, yeah, things are, things are still proceeding as planned for Halloween Horror Nights 30 in Orlando at least um, at the minute. And um, yeah, it's... it's it's interesting. The store it looks it looks pretty cool. I'm definitely getting some some Beetlejuice vibes from it. I, I was getting the death of Superman. <laughs> yeah, that's... well, there is a little bit of that, but Ryan's kind of on the money, really, because the uh, and it was the breaking news. So it wasn't breaking breaking, but it, I certainly saw it today. Um, but the the uh, particular prop which has appeared outside of the the tribute store. Um, is actually taken from Beetlejuice's Graveyard Review. That's right, yeah. It was actually part of the set. Uh, it's just been slightly tilted. So, you know, if that's not an indication of uh, the rumoured, one of the rumoured houses for this year, then, you know, that has sent people into a bit of a frenzy because obviously you put one and one together and make five. Um, but, you know, that does seem to suggest that it's it's there for a particular reason. Um, so it's and the suspicious thought that they'll, they'll leave it so late. I mean, I well, I mean, look, look. They, I know they're building the store, but they haven't had started the houses yet, have they? Yeah, so, the houses, the houses, the houses are you know near completion. Oh, but in terms of announcements, they've not announced anything. But yes, in terms of announcements, not not an absolute dicky bird. All speculation mm. at the moment or insider knowledge. Um, you know. Ha- uh, Halloween Horror Nights in, in Hollywood is done. Uh, it's not taking place. Mm. That's cancelled. They are they are taking it apart as we speak. So that is gone. Um, Florida at this moment in time is is still happening. From what we have heard from uh, from people inside, it is planning to run. Depending on any significant changes to the uh, the restrictions imposed. So if, you know, Florida turns around and, and decides they need to do another lockdown uh, for any, any kind of reason, then that will probably signal the end of, of Halloween Horror Nights in September. Um, but that is, you know, there is no confirmation. I think the, the thing that's worrying not worrying people so much but kind of concerning people is the fact that we are now in july we're yeah. in the middle of july we are less than two months out from halloween horror nights i think we're about 50 days out from halloween horror nights at the time of recording and um you know not not single announcement um following obviously the the initial announcement of of how many houses there are going to be and how many live shows and, and everything 
you know, not a single house announcement, not a single show announcement, not a single scare zone uh, announcement. I think it's going to change. I think if things carry on the way they are, the event will take place, but I can't see them having as much as they were intending. I don't think we'll see 10 houses, for example. Um, they might be, they might have built 10 houses, but I don't think we'll see them all at the event. Um, but we, you know, could be wrong. It, it, the problem is that no information is, is really coming out about it. So we are all kind of, uh, guessing but that said you know kind of tying in the tribute store story to this uh, last week we did get a glimpse of some of the halloween horror nights 30 merchandise yes because tying into the um the kind of current thing that they're doing celebrating the 30th anniversary of universal studios florida itself with uh, a range of retro items um they released four shirts and various merchandise of uh, selected years. Now, what was interesting is that the the whole theme is is thirty years of fear. Uh, was that was that the slogan they used? Yeah. Um, which is very similar to the twentieth anniversary as well, um, and possibly twenty fifth. I can't remember the twenty fifth one was now. Um, but regardless, they released four shirts. They released one for the inaugural event, which was called Fright Nights. Um, they then released uh, a T-shirt for, I think, 92, 1999, 2000. So for the 10th anniversary event as well, which uh, the T-shirt featured Jack. So um, we saw four shirts. What I thought was interesting was the fact that the only shirts that they've released so far had been from within the first 10 years of the event. And, I, and outside I, the first 10 years. Well, yes, that <laughs> as well. Because uh, the, the, the Fright Nights t-shirt uh, had a, a numerical error. They put the wrong year on. Um, <laughs> so they, they, had to, they had to change that. Someone can't count. Um, and it wasn't it wasn't uh, Count Dracula who is featured on that show, but I don't think it was his fault. So uh, the t-shirts went up on, I think it was Thursday, wasn't it last week, or Wednesday, was it Wednesday? Wednesday. Wednesday, and sent us all into a flurry, and we was all desperately trying to order them, and the website crashed, and the t-shirts sold out, or they were taken off. We're not sure exactly what, um, but there are still um, some pin badges. Uh, some shot glasses because you know what's Halloween Horror Nights without shot glass, uh, and socks as well for the the same uh, years that were on the t-shirts, as well as some posters of of that as well. So a few bits. I mean, obviously this is like the very early stages of Halloween Horror Nights merchandise. There's nothing for the event this year at all. As um, we say that, the t-shirts are now back in stock. Yeah, they'll probably correct the date and put them back No, in. they've not put that one back up. <laughs> the other three are now there. Okay. Um, I, I would be surprised though if they only do those four. Yeah. Just because if they're, if they're making a big deal about it being the 30, you know, 30 years, they're not going to do 30 t-shirts, right? That's, that'd be madness. But I would expect to see some from, you know, the you know, 2000 to 2000 and 10 and in 2010 to 
I think, yeah, that's released them in waves so that people will I think rather so. than just buy one or two T-shirts um, and call it done, they'll buy one or two T-shirts from each collection. And look, you know, in the first, so the first four they've released, that's four within the first uh, 10 years of the event. So I'd be quite happy if they followed a similar kind of pattern, like three or four T-shirts during that 10-year span. Um, you know, they're not going to be able to do T-shirts that have properties on there that Universal don't own the IP for. So, you know, we've seen T-shirts in the past. I think it was, I'm trying to work this out the other day, I think it might have been Halloween Horror Nights 18 when uh, the icons were Jack, Leatherface, uh, Jason, and Freddy Krueger. I think that was 18. Um, so they wore a T-shirt together. Uh, you know, you wouldn't see something like that, I'd imagine, because of the IP issues uh, would, would probably be expired and, you know, you're not going to pay the rights just to make a T-shirt. But I'm sure there are lots of T-shirt designs that they could, they could bring back. So hopefully we'll, we'll see a bit more and, and hopefully we'll start seeing more merchandise, you know, from, from what we hope to be this year's event. Um, yeah, I think that's my biggest hope as, as someone obviously can't, and none of us probably can, can make it over there this year for Halloween Horror Nights. Well, we, we can't. I mean, all everyone that was flying to Halloween Horror Nights in September from yeah, the UK cancelled. is cancelled. Like, no airline is flying out to Orlando. Yeah. Most are now cancelling into October as well. Yeah. Um, so I would be very surprised. You know, unless, unless you you know, were able to fly to another another country first and then get a flight to Orlando, which is obviously possible, but time consuming and probably costly. Uh, none of us are going to be getting to go over there. I know a couple of people who are flying American Airlines just to get over there for it. Um, but I think that the hope for me is that, you know, if they keep releasing this merchandise and make it available to those outside the US, then at least it's something that we get. And I also hope that they almost in a way continue the Halloween Horror Nights 30 celebrations into next year. Cause not, not very many people are going to be able to experience these houses if it does go ahead. So, I mean, given that they've, they've let um, Patrick go, who was obviously a massive, massive force within Halloween Horror Nights um, over the last uh, well, several years, I think they've lost a bigger, creative guy in, in that and obviously we've still got Mike who presumably is coming back from Epic Universe to head up Halloween Horror Nights again but who knows, who knows what's happening moving forward at Universal Creative Yeah, time will tell I, I think that's the only thing we can, we can be sure about um, I, just, I just wish we, we got something more concrete, you know, rather than speculation um, you know, we're fine with speculating, don't get us wrong but it would just be nice to actually have something a bit more concrete, I think. Yep. So we, we all know where, where the event stands. Um, but yeah, I, you know, in an ideal world, we see a diluted event this year for those people that are local that are still able to go. Because again, the other thing as well is that even travel from other states um, may not be guaranteed. So it could really be a local event this year. Um, much more than, than other years so it'd be nice if we got a slightly kind of skimmed down event to make sure it still happens this year but a full-on celebration next year when hopefully everything is is more back to normal um, yeah fingers crossed but yeah that's uh that's it for for this month's news 
Well, there is one other bit of news that mm. I thought I'd report on, um, and that is uh, just to be aware that uh, the parks are not at full capacity and the Hogwarts Express is operational. Uh, so be very... <laughs> but you have to wear a mask. You do have to wear a mask, but I, I thought we just should mention that um, we don't want to start any rumours like that over here. It's a good shout, to be fair. Thank you very much. Uh, P-Dubs, you yes. have been given the uh, bodacious task, I want to be the first person to have used that this century, um, of, <laughs> of investigating City Walk. We started yeah. it last, last month and uh, we did pretty well, I think, in general. Yeah. I think we did quite well. But we've got much more to cover, so I'm going to let you lead us by the hand and take us around the streets of City Walk. So, yeah, we're going to cross over from where we were last month. We, uh, we finished off at the, the sushi bar oh, on the God, upper the level. sushi bar. Yes. Yeah. So we're going to cross over to the other side. Um, somewhere, I know Nick spent quite a lot of time over that side of, mm. of City Walk, but we're not going to start there. That's, that's going to come shortly. And we're going to start at Moe's Southwest Grill, which is just behind where we're talking about for Nick. Um, giant burritos, cheesy quesadillas and salads prepared right before your eyes salad prepared right before your eyes i mean it's not it's not really on the same scale as uh you know going to the restaurant i always forget the name of it but is it teppan teppanodu where they prepare your food in front of you that's a little bit more exciting i think than someone preparing a salad in front of you but you know, yeah. courses for courses and all that. Um, I never looked at the menu, really, at most. No. The thing is, it's right at the back. Mm. It's not something you can really see. You wouldn't, wouldn't go up there specifically for that unless you, you know it's there. There's nothing to show you that that's up there. It's that, that, that whole section there is a little bit odd, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's tucked away, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a bit bizarre. But has anyone eaten at Moe's? No. No. I think we've all had a pint at Moe's, but that's the other Moe's. Yeah. That's the tavern. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I mean, to be honest, I mean, from, from the brief description there, um, it sounds like there's a bit of a, a Mexican food vibe going on. And I do love some Mexican food. So it's probably somewhere that I should have actually paid a bit more attention to, but God damn it, Moe, you're so hidden away. It's hard. Uh, and, and also, right next door to it, hidden away as well, is another takeaway, another fast food restaurant, Panda Express. Um, the, the Chinese takeaway restaurant that can be found in most Universal Parks in the US. I believe they've got them in Hollywood as well. There's only um, two Universal Parks. Well, yeah. <laughs> but I think they've got they've got multiple different venues. Um, oh, then I'm sure there's a Panda Express on iDrive. Yeah, I'm always certain it's a Panda Express. I know I've seen a Panda Express nearby. Yeah, um, which is a, a a bigger a bigger standalone restaurant. Yeah, because this um this is like the uh, the weird building that's shared with the next one you're going to talk about, isn't it? Which is yeah. The, and I, I find this very odd, this next one, but the Burger King Whopper Bar. Yeah. Because what? What's I mean, the difference? Well, <laughs> I, I, remember, I remember when they first announced it, 
was coming to Universal. And I was like, well, that sounds quite interesting. Like it was going to be the, you know, the world's first one. And it sounded very much like um, you could go in there and kind of build your own burger, which in essence is true. You can do that. You can pay for extra toppings and, you know, extra patties and all this kind of stuff. Um, but, to, but to be honest, it looks like a normal Burger King. Yeah. That you'd find I, in any food court. I didn't notice any difference when we went in. That's what I mean. Like the way they made it sound like this was going to be this unique concept and it was going to, you know, be all kind of futuristic and stuff. And it just ended up looking like a Burger King you find in a food court. Yeah. It, it's very odd. Um, I've never eaten at Panda Express, but I know that people go crazy for uh, the general sour uh, chicken and the orange chicken as well. Yeah. In particular, people seem to love those dishes, um, but uh, I've never, I've never had either. Uh, well, in fact, I've never been to Panda Express. No. Like, it's just never really looked appealing to me, really. No. And again, it is just tucked away behind Burger King. It's it's another one that's hidden. Unless you know it's up there, then yeah. you won't won't be looking for it. Well, I, to be honest, like for me, like especially if you if you've walked up that way. So you've gone past like the um, uh, what's the the tattoo shop? I know it's Hart uh, and something. That is next on the list. It's Hart and Huntingdon Tattoo Company. Oh, there you go. So if you're walking up the stairs, like up there, if you wanted to go towards the sushi bar, um, yeah, the first place you come to is that Burger King. Yeah. And I think the only time you realise there's two other restaurants next to it is when you've placed your order in Burger King, taken your food, and walked through and found there's two other restaurants there. Yeah. It's very, very odd. But anyway, carry on. So yeah, as I say, next is the, the tattoo parlor. I've not heard great reviews about it. Um it seems to be more a name than it is great artists in there. Don't know whether anybody this, else um, is It's Pink's husband, or am I getting that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, no. I, I've I've been in there because we were exploring the idea of me getting my first tattoo in there which I still haven't got um, but I remember it being incredibly expensive and I was there looking at the reviews and I was like yeah, no yeah it's it's not somewhere that I would go to I've I've got four or five tattoos but it's not somewhere that I would I would go in to get something done I might get a heart with uh, a label across it that says moth Maybe get that one that Bart Simpson got. Um, but yeah, I don't, I, I've never heard good reviews of that place. Um, I think it's more, as, as Ryan said, I think it's more the celebrity name value. And I mean, he's not a tattooist. No. Is he? He's a, um, wasn't he, uh, not a, not BMX. What's like the motocross or something? Motocross, that's it. Yeah. So that, that's his, that was his kind of sport. Um, so uh, you know, maybe he's it was just that he was a fan of tattoos, I don't know, but as far as I know, he was never a tattoo artist and he doesn't work in there anyway. Um, but it seems to be a you know, a bit like a Miami Inc. situation where, um, if you go to that shop, you know, you, you wouldn't see the people in there that you see on the TV show, but you could buy merchandise and have tattoos done by other people, yeah, um, but not the people that you see on the TV show. So it, it seems a little bit like that to me. So I've never um 
ventured. And to anybody thinking about getting a tattoo, full stop, um, check your artist. Yeah. Don't just go somewhere because it says tattoos. Uh, you know, check check their what their work is like before getting it done because you can't get it taken off very easily afterwards. Yeah. And that is a public service announcement on behalf of uh, tattoos. <laughs> right. So that's the end of that kind of row. So we go back out towards the, the waterway. We've got a little kiosk um, for Auntie Anne's pretzels. That's right on the water. Um, again, not somewhere I've tried. I'm not a massive pretzel fan. I've not tried it in in the states, but I have had them here. Yeah, we've got one in our local so, uh, in our local shopping centre. Weird, isn't it? Mm. It's weird. There's like two yeah. rival brands. There's Miss, Miss, Mr. Pretzel uh, and Auntie Annie. Um, they seem to be the big two over here. You, you sometimes might see a Wetzel's pretzels, which yeah. is another one that I see a lot in America. Um, but like you say, pretzels are not really um, a big thing here. No. Yeah, there so, used to be a Wetzel's in the, well, Disney Springs, as it is now, downtown Disney on, on the west side. Yeah, that's right. That's right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. We've that, eaten them there. That was pretty good, actually. Yeah, I mean, when, I, when I've had them, I, I've actually quite enjoyed them. I remember they did. I'm sure it was Auntie Annie did a uh, like a, a hot dog pretzel. Yeah. So they kind of like hollowed out the the middle of a pretzel and stuck a hot dog in it, and that was quite nice. Um, but yeah, you know, I, th- I think they're they're fine. You know, pretzels are are you know quite nice, but it's not it's not saying I would necessarily go for with some of the other food options that are available around there. So now we get to an interesting bit, as it's currently a building site. Um, there's actually four shops that are sharp um, that are being knocked through. Um, so the former, the Island Company, uh, clothing company, mm-hmm. um, Peak, which was a toy shop. Um, we had Fresh Produce and Fossil have all closed. Um, and are making way for what is rumoured to be an enlarged universal store that will be moving from further down City Walk to closer mm. to the entrance. Um, it's currently being knocked through at the moment. It, it just sounds a bit odd to me to do that. Um, I mean, those shops, Peak was quite good. Um, I'd been in Fossil a couple of times. I think I might have bought a wallet from there once, if I remember rightly. Um, I always found the because I think that was where Quicksilver was as well. Was that the island store? That was the island store, I think. Right. Okay. Then, then because I'm sure it was Quicksilver, and then they went internal, didn't I? Yeah. Um, and I just found that stuff a bit overpriced, really. Yeah. But you would think that it would make more sense for Universal to get an outside vendor in than to just move their store. I think yeah. it's weird that they're store, they've got a store that size there anyway, really. Um, because you, you'd think people would be buying merchandise inside the parts rather than outside. Yeah, and I, th- but, I think I can understand the reasoning if they do want to keep a store in, in City Walk to move it to that side of the entrance because mm. people are going to walk past it on their way out. Whereas this, you would have to carry on walking through 
city walk past the exit. Yep. Um, yeah. Whereas this, they you literally have to walk past it to get out. Yeah. Like, I, Sorry, go ahead, man. I was going to say, I, I, I quite often find myself buying merchandise in that store just because, especially with the last couple of years so I've been going to Halloween Horror Nights, I often, on the night, get so tired that I kind of forget to go in the, the tribute store and it, it gets too busy. And then during the day, the next time I'm in Universal, I just pop into the the Universal store on the way out or even on the way out from Halloween Horror Nights and just they've got most of the same merchandise in there. So I just kind of end up buying stuff in there. Yeah, I, I, I get the pur- I get the purpose. I do get the purpose. Um, I mean, obviously, if you're staying at um, a resort, then what what's a good idea is to try and do your shopping a bit early and get stuff sent to your room or the hotel, mm. depending on on what you know each one has. But most of them will at least let you get it, the stuff sent to your hotel, so you can just pick up, uh, and it saves you having to carry around your bags and and stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I get I get why they have a store in City Walk, but it's more why do they have to have one that size? But maybe maybe that's why Ryan, you know, because They're probably of, looking at Disney, the World of Disney store and down Disney yeah. Springs and thinking, yeah, we'll have some of that. Yeah, especially yeah. with the third park opening. Yeah, and, and also you know the difference is that you need a a park ticket to get into the parks to buy stuff. That's right. You don't need a park ticket to get into City Walk. So, yeah. 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 I, I, I said, I could see the need. It's just that you'd have thought that they'd have probably wanted to bring someone in from outside rather than, you know, just move their store along. Yeah. yeah. Like the NBA or something like that. <laughs> yeah. They might be looking for a new home so, soon. So, you could yeah. Be right. A smaller one. <laughs> maybe that pretzel booth, Auntie, Auntie Annie's maybe going to, maybe going to, Move up. <laughs> right, so then we head back towards the the exit and down the side. So we've got a Cinnabon, which for me is probably the best thing we've talked about today. Oh, uh, I'm a, I'm a yeah. massive Cinnamon Bomb fan, as yeah. Nick will attest to. Yeah, he very much is. And yeah. I tell you what's weird, like I went through most of my life not liking cinnamon and I didn't really know why and when when we got a, a Cinnabon open up in London we had one open up in Piccadilly for a while and um, they they were selling those little bites that they do mm-hmm. Yeah. so you can either buy like a normal size one or a small one or, or, or for you small bites so uh, I bought some of the little bites and just thought just to give it a go see if i like it and i was blown away i was like wow where where has this been all my life so i do like them i, I do find them a bit pricey for what yeah. they are from cinnabon yeah. they, but, they, they could double the price i'd, I'd still pay it yeah <laughs> but they're, but they're sizable right they will they will fill you up so yeah. there is that for sure i, I don't realize I love you were such a hmm. you go mr d <laughs> I was just going to say, I never realised you were such a pastry, pastry hound, P-Dubs. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I really am. Quite a revelation. Yeah, that, it's amazing, isn't it, that the two things we've raved about has been desserts. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's only it's a re- another uh, one coming. Yeah, it's only uh, a revelation if you didn't witness it firsthand. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it was quite a sight. <laughs> yeah. So next door to Cinnabon, we've got the Quiet Flight Surf Shop. Um, Pretty much explanatory. 
um, tells you that it's surf gear, guys, girls, and kids surf fashion, sunglasses, sandals, and accessories. So pretty much sounds like what the Island Clothing Company was, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't sound... It could just be that it just moved into a different store. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, behind that, we have the Cinemark Cinema. Um, obviously newly refurbished in the last few years. Not been in that one. I went in the one at Hollywood, but I've not been in the cinema at, at Orlando. Anyone so else been in it's there? A, it's a Cinemark? Yeah. I'm sure it used to be an AMC. Yeah, I, I could... believe it was. Okay. Was yeah, I've been in there. I think... Yeah, Go on, Ron. I was going to say, when, when we stayed at Universal, I think that my own, one of my only complaints about the park is they do tend to shut quite early. And, you know, when you're staying on property and you don't have a car like we don't, there's, um, there's only so much you can do at the hotel when you're staying there for like, you know, five, six days. So I think on a couple of evenings, we, we, um, we went to the cinema. Yeah, I went there. What did I see there? Uh, I've been there twice. I can't remember what we watched the first time. I want to say it might have been a comedy or something. That's going to bug me. But the second time, my favourite time, um, we went to see Back to the Future for its 25th anniversary, I think. Where did it go? Oh, no, it might have been... Yeah, it must have been 25th anniversary. It's 35 years this year, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah. it would have been. And uh, what they were doing, they were showing uh, Back to the Future on the night the film is set in. So I think it was like October, October yeah. 21st or something, yeah, 1995. Somewhere. So it, it was on that night that they were showing the film. And uh, it was the first time I'd ever seen it on the big screen. And you also got a uh, poster for going as well. So, yeah, it was it was good. It's it's uh, it's not a bad cinema. I've been to both the both that one and the AMC down at um, Disney Springs now, and uh, yeah, both both quite nice cinemas, really. Yeah, I mean they're expensive, but yeah, I, I agree they're they're pretty good. Yeah, and they're convenient. I suppose that's what you're paying yeah. the, the kind yeah. of premium for. But uh, but I can't get my head around popcorn only coming plain, and you have to put butter on it. That's that's madness to me. It's a joke. Yeah. Sweet only for me. Well, we went um, the first time we went. Um, we asked for, my wife asked for pop. My wife asked for popcorn, and she said, "Oh, can I get? Can I have sweet popcorn?" And they were like, "What do you mean sweet popcorn? Do you mean like uh, and what they call it kettle corn? I think, mm. which is a bit more like uh, caramel. Yeah, caramel corn. Yeah, yeah. And uh, she was like, "No, I just wanted sweet." And they were like, "Oh no, we only do salted." Yeah, and that was it. Just, just, just weird. Oh, and she's like, the butter's good. over there. <laughs> the, the the pump with butter coming out of it. So we just had salty popcorn. It was what it was. And so the final thing for this side of City Walk is the Hollywood Driving Golf. There's six holes of mini golf in two fun courses modelled after fifties era sci-fi and horror. It does look good. I've never played it, but it looks good. Yeah, you go, yeah, you go past it, don't you, on the way in, and yeah. you go, oh, that looks all right, but you never get around to doing it. I've played, yeah. I've played actually, and it's it's great, but it's so expensive. Yeah, yeah. Craig said the exact same thing. We we had great fun playing it. It, it 
it wasn't it didn't take a particularly long time and i think it was maybe a couple of years after it opened probably within the first 18 months two years and we thought it was yeah we had fun but it was it was too expensive for what it is especially when you think now that well until recently at least disney would throw in free rounds of crazy golf at their courses mm. as part of a hotel stay i don't know if they do the same at universal but no they, that that was craig's complaint i think it's when yeah. it was the hard rock and they they thought they it was included and they didn't even get a discount mm. so i think it cost i'm sure he said it cost them about 80 quid yeah for about four of them or something yeah i think it's about 18 dollars each it's something crazy like that mm, and that's plus so tax yeah yeah i mean we did um when we stayed on iDrive one year, we were staying near the the pirate golf course. Oh, We've done that one as well, yeah. Mm. And we had a lot of fun doing that. And it took like it took a good while. Like I want to say it probably took us about an hour. Yeah, maybe an hour and a half, um, depending on if we had to wait for holes to become available. But mm-hmm. we had a lot of fun, and it, and that well, I can't remember what that cost, but I mean it wasn't anywhere near eighteen dollars a head. Yeah. Um, so I think you are paying very much for. The location um, of it, um, I'm sure they've. I've, I'm sure they're around there. They've opened up one of the monster courses. I'll have to double check, but um, that's a brand that do indoor mini golf, mm-hmm. and it's normally like uh, glow in the dark yeah. or uh, black light uh, courses. And I did the Kiss one in in I've Vegas. I've done one of those in Brighton. Yeah, we've got an Aztec one here in Nottingham. Nice, yeah. They're they're a lot of fun. They're a lot of fun, actually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they they always look those those courses look fun. Um, but just the, the time we're there and the the cost of it is just kind of puts off. We we had contemplated it. I think when we went last year was maybe doing it the first night we got there. Yeah, rather than but going to Halloween Horror Nights. Well, it was they they hadn't announced they were doing the Thursday night, had they? When we when That's we right. Yeah. Looking at other things, we looked at that. We looked at the karaoke, and then of course they added the Thursday night. It was a no-brainer at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So if the dramatic pulls, I, I I didn't know what else to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean that's that's great. I mean I think we'll we'll leave it there for yeah. for City Walk. Um, but it's it's nice breaking it down really because you there are things there are some things you forget and also some bits that kind of um you know bring back memories or uh things like that so it's uh it's good um yeah i, I like city book i think it's yeah. uh i think it's quite a fun place too and small next, but yeah you know and then the next section we start to get to the the sit down restaurants and and bars yeah or as I like to call it, the fun bit. <laughs> the really fun bit. Good. Um, was there anything else that anyone wanted to bring up before we wrap up the episode? Nope. No, don't think so. Nope. Perfect. That's what I like. Everything neatly tidied up and put a bow around it. So in that case, we'll wrap this episode up. So thank you very much for joining me, gents. Thank you, dear listener, for listening to this. Hope you are enjoying the new show and the new uh, new format. Um, the feedback to episode one was very positive. We got a lot of uh, comments about it, which was uh, which was good. 
always welcome feedback and um you know if there's stuff that you want to hear uh, or features that you want us to do then you know drop us a note and uh you know we'd love to hear from you you can find us on twitter um don't ask me what the twitter handle is because i've just forgotten it <laughs> you can always email us at disafterdark at gmail.com because that's where we kind of put everything um or on the facebook groups as well um so yeah also before we we go uh should we uh mention the new patreon show that we hope will be up and running shortly <sighs> i mean you could do i suppose could. yeah so we just kind of felt that our Patreon side of things was very Disney orientated, which that's where everything started. But yeah. we know we've got a lot of people that are Patreons that are Universal fans, first and foremost in some cases. So we're going to do an offshoot of our Disaster Dark at the Movies and do a Universal version looking at the films that have inspired the attractions that's it in a nutshell. I mean, I really, again, I was like, what, what do I add to that? There's not really, not really much. Um, we are going to, we, we've been talking about exactly how, well, not how we're going to do it. We know how we're going to do it. We're going to do it similar to how we do our, our Disney show, but um, we're going to focus on both current and past attractions as well. Yeah. So um, I, I feel we've kind of already done Jaws. Yeah. On, yeah. On the, we'll the have to do George too. Version. Oh no. That wasn't that wasn't an attraction, so no, it doesn't count. So so I well, think at some point Well actually it kind, of, it kind of is in the um it is in the the ride on kind of the electric cable uh, piece. You, uh, you know what, it's a good point. Oh well, we're gonna have to watch Jules too. No, we don't uh, have to. It could have been Jules three D. Yeah. I was just getting you on the technicality there. You can ignore <laughs> it. You can argue back. Challenge well, we'll, me, please. We'll, don't let me let watch our it. listeners. If our listeners want us to watch Jaws too, we'll have to. You know what the rules are when we do these things. We've had to watch some absolute shit. I don't think there's any other way to describe it. In the last it. few weeks. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes. Well, Artemis Fowl. Um, and off, that off Freaky Friday. Oh God, Freaky Friday. You're basically um, if you're if you're not on our Patreon, you are missing out on some absolute gems. And by gems, I mean us all ranting and raving about... And crying. And crying, yeah, about the crap that you have made us sit through. Um, thankfully, with the Universal back catalogue, there's not as much of that, but there will still few, be a few stinkers, I'm sure. So, um, yes, that will hopefully be up and running. I think we're aiming to get that started in August, I think is the plan. So keep your good. eyes peeled for that. Um, and also, um, we are working on another quiz night. Yes. Locking. It's going to be. Um, it's going to be more Disney-based than Universal-based. So sorry, uh, but you're if you want a Universal time. one, though, let us know because we could do a Universal one as well. Wouldn't be that difficult. Oh, look at Mister D, always thinking ahead. So what? We'll we'll put it out to you. Right, we're going to mm -hmm. do another Disney one. Uh, we'll schedule that sh soon and, and get put the information out on social media. But if you would like a universal quiz, get in touch. Yeah. And if we get some feedback on that, we will do one of those as well. And Mr. D can find, yes, another way of making us all look like imbeciles. To be sure, to be sure. <laughs> 
Right. Well, thank you very much. We will see you in a few weeks for another episode. Until then, ta-ta. Cheerio. Stay safe. This podcast is part of the After Dark Podcast Network.